talk about organizational leadership, systems, marketing, and more for your church or organization. Our goal is to help you redefine your culture from the inside out. Today, we want to talk about the very important topic of understanding your team. This is kind of a continuation of last week's topic with team communication. You have myself, Nathan Westfall, and Michael Moore. How's it going? Good. Uh, We have a lot to talk about this week, but first, two other things we need to talk about. Yes. Let's start with 95 Network. Yeah, so we mentioned this last week, and we're going to keep mentioning this. So uh, we are working with the 95 Network to host a one-day conference specifically for church leaders and pastors. And the 95 Network, uh, they designed their conference experience to serve the unique needs of small and mid-sized church leaders to inspire, encourage, equip them to reach their potential and ultimately to increase their kingdom impact. And so that is happening May 14th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's $35 a person, and it includes all the material and lunch is included. I'm just throwing that out there. I did see that, and I was like, maybe I'll go just for that. You should. You totally should. I might. Uh, And so we we personally have worked with them here at City Church. They have been phenomenal people. Uh, Both Dell and Austin, who are going to be the two presenters, are very uh, well-diverse people and have got a lot of experience uh, in, you know, church leadership and stuff. And so it's going to be good. Uh, and we'll put the link in the show notes for you guys yeah. to reference to go sign up for. Uh, I'll be there. And you Probably. should, too. Yeah. You should, too. Probably. And Revo Conference is the next thing we got to talk about. <coughs> Revo Conference. Give us a brief intro here. Revo Conference. All right. So the Revo Conference is a conference that City Church is holding not just for our church, but for the church of the capital region and beyond. And so we've got some great speakers lined up. Uh, Right now it's the super early bird rate. It's only $29 a person, and it's October 24th, 25th, 26th. Uh, And we've also got some speakers that were, were almost secure that I cannot wait to announce. And I already love the speakers that we have. You can find all of that, revoconference.com. Uh, and then we have Bethel Austin, who's going to be doing worship, and uh, Bethel Team, who's yep. going to be coming out from Reading, uh, and uh, everything from Bethel to Hillsong to everything in between. So it's yep. going to be good. It's going to be it's going to be dope. Yeah, lit, great time. And twenty nine bucks right now, if you get a ticket, is nothing for three days. Yeah, it is absolutely nothing. And so ticket tickets are live. You can buy them. People have already started buying them, and Boom. so it's exciting. So I'm excited. And what's cool is we're going to be able to interview some of these people for the Inside Out Group podcast. Yeah, it'll be great. It's going to be awesome. I'm pumped about that. So first question. I'm just kidding. Um, We actually have to introduce someone who's with us today. We do. We have Shannon Howard with us. Shannon. Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) She's been sitting here while we've been doing this intro this whole time. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, what you do. Sure. So I'm Shannon Howard. I live here in snowy Albany, New York. Hi, Shannon. Uh, <laughs> hi. Uh, but originally from Haverhill, Massachusetts. I'm uh, married to Josh Howard. I don't know. People always call him by his full name. I think that's kind of funny. Do. Josh Howard. Um, I'm an assimilation director at City Church. So I'm kind of over our baptisms when people are new to City Church, kind of helping them to get plugged into groups, learn more about who we are, what we do, what we believe in, get them plugged into serving, um, and just kind of overseeing, I guess, the the experience once people come uh, to City Church. 
Uh, my, in my nine to five, I guess, during the week is as a content producer of the Predictive Index. Uh, so I write blogs, ebooks, guides, emails, pretty much all things content, all things copy, most things marketing. Uh, so that's, that's a little about me. Um, how can a team, or more so, when can personality types uh, become a trouble spot for the team or uh, even the team lead, right? You have all, mm -hmm. as a team lead, you probably have to deal with all these different personality types. They're not all going to be the same. Yeah. Um, how do you manage that? So I think awareness is kind of the first part of that is do you know how you naturally function? Do you know how the people on your team function? Do you know what drives them, what motivates them? Mm -hmm, do you yeah. know what they need and how they communicate? I think awareness is always important because then you can tailor your communication accordingly. You can tailor your work mm. styles accordingly. Yeah. Um, but when it becomes a trouble spot, I think sometimes there's just personalities that don't fit in. So if you have a group of people that are highly collaborative in their decision-making, and then you bring in someone who's very autonomous in their decision-making, so they're you know, people like Michael or myself who have a high drive and in, in dominance, um, who we're just comfortable like running with our own ideas and and that can be yeah. really great in some ways because but very detrimental in other but, ways but very <laughs> detrimental because sometimes it looks like we're not factoring other people into sure. our decisions yeah. um then when you introduce someone who has a different dynamic a different drive you're going to create some natural friction and and in this case in particular, if you have a highly collaborative team and you're introducing someone who's very autonomous in their decision making, they're probably going to become come off as a very conceited, arrogant jerk, right? They're going to be like, hey, you know, the rest of us kind of make ideas by talking it out and figuring out what works for all of us. Yeah, and right. you're just kind of like taking an idea and you're, you're not even consulting with us on this idea, man. Yeah. And, and so people can be put off by that. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something to be aware of. So it, mm -hmm. when you know, and you understand the different behavioral patterns of people, you can start to adapt the way that you manage your team. So when you're adding new team members, you can start to look at how do they interact? How does their, right dynamic interact with the team dynamic and is there areas where there's going to be friction it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't add a new person to the team because if you have a lot of people who are very um driven so like marketing teams marketing mm -hmm. teams tend tend to have a lot of people who are very driven very social they have low attention to detail and they want change and and so that's great for a marketing team but at some point you need people who are slower to change you need mm -hmm. people who are more detail oriented who are looking at the data and they're they're look they're you know your data analysts your marketing yeah. data analysts and they're looking at what's working what's not working because a lot of people right. in marketing they just tend to like take it and run with it and they don't necessarily stop to to look at the numbers and see what's working so it's not that that person shouldn't be on your team it's just to really consider this new person is coming into your team they're shaking up the dynamic how mm -hmm. are you going to present that and I think you need to present it by kind of explaining, hey, guys, like there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with who you are and how you work. It's actually really great. It's a really great personality for what you do. It's just how do you and this is where the Les McEwen stuff comes in, the synergist personality. I love the synergist personality because it's putting the business goal, the organizational goal ahead of your own personal preferences. Yeah. Yeah. So if your own personal preference is to just get things done 
sometimes you need to slow down and you need to build structure. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need to, you know, you need to listen to the visionary's big idea. And so this is where kind of bringing that to your team and introducing the new dynamic and saying, hey, we have this new person coming to the team. They're a little bit different than the rest of us. (laughs) But I think you guys are going to really enjoy this because this is what they're going to bring to the team. Yeah. You know, we've been flying by the seat of our pants. We've been doing really awesome, like kick butt stuff. But this person is going to be able to bring in data that's going to totally revolutionize the way that we do our marketing. We're going to make sure that yeah. it's like we're actually getting the return on revenue, that yeah. we're return on investment that we're looking for. Yep. Yeah. And so, and, and this is, I, honestly, I think this is kind of where we have been with City Church is for so long, we were just flying by the seat of our pants. We were just like making decisions. This sounds like a great idea. And, and it's like, okay, let's just go with it. And then... On the flip side of things, we're having to uh, almost backtrack a little bit to be able to make sure that we're able to scale to growth, that Mm -hmm. we're creating the systems and stuff like that, and that we're really looking at the data, which we talked about with metrics, really diving into the data and the metrics and stuff like that, and being able to pull out the raw uh, evidence, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word. Let me. So I'm just going off on a tangent, but let me ask you this, Shannon. Yeah. Um, before before we move on, because this is I think this is huge. When should you not add someone to your team? Because you talked about you can yeah. add people and they're going to be different. They may cause some different team dynamics, but ultimately it would be for good. So when would you mm-hmm. not add someone to your team? I think the main time that you wouldn't add someone to your team is when it's not just about what drives you. It's also your personality. Right. So at the predictive index, we talk a lot about culture fit. We talk a lot about team fit. Are you going to fit in? And it doesn't necessarily mean you have the same drives as everybody else. But do you believe in the same things? Do you care about the same things? I think when you don't want to add someone to a team is when their personality doesn't fit the team. So if Mm. you have someone who lacks humility and you have someone who is unwilling to take or receive direction or correction, those are people you don't want on your team, just in general. Mm-hmm. If you have someone who's lacking self-awareness, so they just have this inability to see themselves clearly and therefore are not able to kind of recognize that they're contributing to a problem, right, that's right. not someone you want on your team. Yeah. If there's someone who's negative, hurtful, or derogatory towards other people, that's not someone that you want on your team. Yep. And if there's someone who disobeys leadership and who kind of just does their own thing to the detriment of a company or they create division within an organization that's not someone that you want on your team so it's more personality so there's like behavioral drives which i think we often think of as personality because they do factor into our personality yeah Yeah. Yeah. but then there's also just like character traits Mm -hmm. and so if someone is coming onto your team who just doesn't have the heart that's behind your team I think that's something that you don't want to add to your team because it doesn't matter how and this is like the ideal team player another Patrick Lencioni Mm -hmm. book if they don't have the heart behind it if they don't if they can't mesh with the rest of your team in terms of like mission and vision and values they're just not going to be successful on your team yeah and and I think it's I think it's good to point out like you don't have to be strong in every (coughs) aspect there we go you don't have to be strong in every aspect, but you do have to be socially aware yes. of yep. what you're doing that is hurting the team or what mm-hmm. you're doing that is that is benefiting the team. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if that person isn't, and you know, and this is something literally we have an internship program at the church, and before this I was talking to the interns for a few minutes, 
And I, and I told them just from a place of servanthood, like what we're looking for is faithful, you know, servanthood. You're there. You're able to take care of stuff. You're available. You're, you're willing to make time, uh, prioritize the mission of the church, et cetera, et cetera. And here's the huge thing. I feel like a lot of people, and this is going back to if you can't take direction from your authority, uh, teachable. If you're not going to be yeah. teachable, you cannot be on a team because you have pride and you lack humility. And as Patrick Lenciani says, the greatest aspect or the greatest character trait, so to speak, to any team player is humility. You mm-hmm. can you yep. can deal with the other stuff, but if you don't have humility, um, you're just not going to work well with other t- other people. And so I, th- I think that that is that is huge. What was your what was your personality? I'm sorry, your behavior trait from the PI index? I'm a maverick. All right, so yeah. talk to us a little bit about what is a maverick? A maverick is... Yes, please tell me what that <laughs> is. <laughs> Nathan, Nathan filled out his assessment. Uh, Nathan's also a maverick. So oh. here's... That's here's kind of like... Now, yeah, yeah so, okay. so, so here's something I, I can like see to like this, though. I can totally see this. So here's I'll a caveat, right? Is the, the bucket that you fall into, the reference profile that you're assigned, is not... Um, it's more general, right? It's almost like you're a Libra, you're a Virgo, you're a whatever, like your horoscope. Um, it, not that it's not scientifically validated, because <laughs> it is, but it's just, it's a bucket, right? So like Josh is a maverick, I'm a maverick, Nathan's a maverick, but how each of us manifests is different. So like I'm a maverick, but my extroversion drive is my highest drive. So I'm going to factor people into every decision that I make. Josh has a really low extroversion drive, really high dominance drive, really low, um, really low drive when it comes to like details and precision. Mm-hmm. And then Nathan is is more like the kind of the typical maverick pattern, which is someone who has like a fairly high A, moderately high uh, B, and then low C, low D. So it's like they have they're very driven. They can be people-oriented, um, or they ha- have a higher extroversion drive, which is not, again, like not you're a people person. You're right. extroverted in the psychological sense. Mm-hmm. It's more you work with and through people, which makes sense because you're, you're managing people and you're on yep. teams of people. And then, the, um, then l- a lower patience drive. And then a lower drive in formality. Let's so talk about patience in a minute, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. So like, this, is, so this is funny. Yeah. So yeah. The, the maverick pattern tends to be um, innovative. They're outside the box thinkers. They're undaunted by failure. So one of the key characteristics of a maverick is the high A over low D, which is a, a risk um, tolerant pattern. And then it's also um, the low C, low D. It's a, like the low patience, low... Uh, formality. So people in a maverick pattern are more likely to want variety in their work. They're mm-hmm. more likely to um, do things their own way, not necessarily confine, conform to rules and structure. Mm-hmm. And again, like that sounds so bad <laughs> because because <laughs> the mavericks thing is like I will do whatever it takes to get this done. Um, and that can be really great, like in a sales or marketing type right. sense, or right. like even, you know, Nathan's a software engineer. He's like, whatever it takes to get it out the door, I will get it done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but it can also be a detriment because sometimes we'll bend the rules without thinking about how that impacts other departments. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Very good point. Yeah. So I, my patience was almost off the scale. Yeah, so <laughs> so that like that's so Which, in, it's but super my interesting. A, my A was also my dominance was extremely high. Yeah, and 
and I, I think I said this to you, I think a captain pattern is probably fairly common for people who start organizations or who start a church because the high A, the high dominance drive says you're very creative thinking. It's, um, it's like a visionary type pattern yeah. and you're very comfortable making your own decisions um, and kind of going with with like your idea and I think that when you're starting an organization you need that you need to be confident in yourself and the decisions that you're making Mm -hmm. and that low C is not patience in the way that we think of patience it's not like can you tolerate people and like how slowly they talk or can you not it's more like how much variety do you need in what you're doing and I think Mm -hmm. your low C totally makes sense because you like change I mean the low C can be a negative in a sense or a low I should say a low patience could be um, a negative in a sense that you could come across as wanting change for the sake of change. But at the same time, as a visionary, you're looking at like, how do we make things better? Right. And right. so, th- and that's how you're approaching it. And, but knowing that about yourself, like you can, you can regulate yourself a little bit. That yeah. self-awareness is really key in regulating yourself. But also when you have that awareness about other people on your team, you know, okay, I know that Michael is going to have all these ideas and he's going to want to run with them. Yep. And that's awesome, but we also want to rein him in a little bit. And right. we want to be like, that's cool. What are the, what's the top idea that we need to run mm-hmm. with right now? Right. Yep. Which, which and, and you know, I have this written down, so I just want to address this. So you, you mentioned earlier our business administrator, Jen, um, <laughs> who is... a pattern. She is, com- just like my wife, is completely opposite of me and so it's funny because i'll mention we'll just talk about the revo conference for a minute hey we're going to do this conference and this is what i want to happen and blah 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 and here's the budget that we have for it and she comes back and she's like okay well what about food what about hotels what about Mm -hmm. security what about marketing what about check-in with kids uh then we have to take care of this and we have to make sure that everyone's got back and i'm just like uh so I don't care, but at the same time, but she brings the legal aspect of this is what we have to do to be in compliance. And she's also the type of personality that if I come in there and just start shooting off ideas without prepping her or talking it mm-hmm. through, she gets freaked out, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that. So this is a cool thing, right? So Jen, our business and finance administrator, who's her, amazing, by the who, way, yeah, uh, yeah who's amazing. Is, like we totally she, need her. We are, she keeps yeah. us out of so much yeah, trouble. We are, we are in. <laughs> I can genuinely say because our, like our church is legally compliant with like every law out there. She and finds she makes the it randomest <laughs> things yeah. like y- churches, FYI, VIP parking. You have to pay taxes for it. Yeah. Did we, you know that? We didn't know I, that. We didn't know guest, that until last a, week. If, if you have a guest, like guest parking, you have to pay taxes on it according yeah. to federal IRS code. And it, like literally only how things that churches, Jen would find. How many churches <laughs> are out of compliance? Yeah. And if you're listening to this, just call our office and up. talk to Jen. You up. know, she'll tell you all about it. So, but we don't but it offer makes we sense. don't even offer parking. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, you got to pay it's the Albany. meter and then walk yourself to the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weekends are free. Weekends are free. Um, yeah, but but like when we look at Jen's behavioral pattern, her highest pattern is a, is towards formality like her yeah. highest mm-hmm. drive is yeah. towards formality and my sister's like that and I think your wife is like that too mm-hmm. where their strongest need is to be right and I always clarify it's not right for the sake of being right it's right because it's accurate like it's the right yes. decision yeah. Yeah. yeah and so when That's Jen good. Good. is looking at things she looks at things through the lens of like no Michael we didn't make like 
we didn't it, a, a conference isn't gonna be x amount of money like she's looking at she's always erring on the side of more rather than less like yeah. she's gonna budget more rather than less because she wants to make sure that we don't undershoot yeah she wants to make yeah. sure that we're over prepared yeah. and so with with her the way that she's wired and the way that that your wife is wired they just want to make sure that we don't like make a mistake yeah right they're they're considered like risk mitigators they're people who make sure that you don't make mistakes and that you don't do something that's illegal or you don't like end up spending more money than you thought you would yeah and and to be honest with you uh jen's been very blunt and honest with me and it's it's been it's been tough for me because and and to be honest we've and she will tell you we've butted heads but we've been able to work past that because i know ultimately and this is where the the christian aspect comes into play with the business mind so to speak I know that her heart is in the right place and she knows that my heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's some times where I'm just like, Jen, I just feel like, you know, this is God saying we need to do this. And, and it, then she's like, okay, yeah. you know, like the night of worship, that was a, a prime example. It's just like, I feel like God is all over this and we just need to do it. And she's like, all right, I'm going to get it done. And she boom, 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 you know, itemized every little thing and we were able yeah. to get it done and we came out ahead and, um, but we wouldn't have been able to do that if it wouldn't have been for her behavior patterns. Sure. Because mm-hmm. yep. I, I would have probably overspent <laughs> a lot more than we did, which we did yeah. overspend. <laughs> we did, but... It, so this is also where it's helpful to just know, like, how people... So we see that people with a high degree of patience are going to ask why. Mm-hmm. So, like, someone like Michael with a low degree of patience is going to want change, and someone with a high degree of patience is like, hold up, why? Like, mm-hmm. why do you want to change? Yeah. What is going on here? And then someone with a high degree of formality, which yeah. which Jen has, which yeah. Christy has, is going to say, well, how are we going to do that? Yep. You know, so it's, and it's not in a way that says, like, I don't believe in what you're doing. It's just they're they're thinking about things from a totally different perspective. And, and some of the high degree of patients can seem resistant to change, but they really just need to be sold out on the vision. And that's where I think churches get it right, is yeah. that they sell people on the vision. And that, But then we also need to look at, like, well, how are we going to do that? Because like, sometimes we're really starry-eyed. We have all these, like, faith-inspired grand plans of, like, what we want to do, and, and we are so inspired by like how God is moving that we just want to like go do all these big things. Yeah. And then we have these really practical people that are like, no, like I'm totally behind that, yeah. but how are we going to do it? Yeah. You know, yeah. like h- how are we budgeting for this and how, how are we getting people and like, what are the logistics and have you considered security and have you like thought about parking and, and they're going to bring up those little nitpicky things that can seem nitpicky. But they're also critical to the success of whatever it yes. is that you're yeah. launching. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll say this, and just here's just a prime example before we move on to the next question. Mm-hmm. Uh, our elder board, who does not function in the behavior type as our business administrator, we set out our budget. We sent it to the business admin before it had been voted on and stuff. Yep. And she's like, I need to talk to you about this budget. And, and Jen and I, we sat down for an hour and went line by line by line. And I realized how many holes we had in our budget. Mm-hmm. Mm. I got off the phone with her uh, for the for the this budget call, and I was like, "Now I'm more confident than probably ever before in our budget." And we sent it out, and you know, it, it got approved. And it's like, no, this totally makes sense. Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. like now we're prepared. 
for yep. conference. Now we're prepared for benevolence. Now we're yep. prepared for missions more so than we would have been if it would have just been mm-hmm. uh, uh, the other group of guys who just sort of like, this sounds good, uh, you know. And so <laughs> it it was a little bit more in-depth than that, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, you yeah. Know, so, but yeah. Um, so I'll let you move on with the next question. No, that's I know good. That's really good, though. Um, so, Shannon, how would you encourage someone um, – uh, you know, to handle the situation if there's issues with one team member. You know, maybe mm-hmm. um, one, maybe two, but we'll focus on the one right now. How would you handle that? For the one. <laughs> For right? the one. Yeah. <laughs> so. How do you focus on the one? Um, I'm going to go back to awareness. I think awareness is critical. Like mm-hmm. awareness of who that person is and what drives them. Yep. And, and how they fit into the team dynamic awareness of the team dynamic and then accountability and this is um you know at the productive index we did a people management survey like last year and i thought the results were just really interesting in general Mm -hmm. but people prefer more feedback than less feedback but managers err on the side of less feedback than more feedback um because we kind of beat around the bush where we try to be nice and we think that the goal of managing people is to kind of like get them to like you so they'll do what it is that you ask them to do. Yep. But they really just want to know whether they're doing the right thing or whether they're doing the wrong thing and they want to be yeah. corrected sooner yeah. rather than later. Um, and so sometimes they just need to hear like, hey, you were doing this thing today and it was making other people uncomfortable. I remember <laughs> I remember like so vividly someone on my team shared something on a team call that was just not appropriate and I was dying on the inside when it happened. But immediately, like, we called that team member and me and her direct manager. And we were like, look, the thing that you said on the call, like, I understand you're going through something. But that is definitely not the forum. And if you need to talk to someone, you can reach out to us directly. But mm-hmm. absolutely, like, is not something that is appropriate for a team forum. Um, and so you kind of call people out. On, on that behavior and you make them aware of like what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, sorry, what's not acceptable. Um, I think in general, people know when you have a problem but you're not saying anything. Um, so definitely that awareness of what drives them and then accountability and, and setting expectations and holding people to expectations. And then the other thing is just ownership. So, yeah. you know, Jocko Willink ha- Willink has this book, Extreme Ownership. I think it's a very... Yeah. It's a great book. I said this to our president. I said, it's a great book, but I think it's very one-sided. I think you need to read his other book to kind of get, I think it's called The Dichotomy of Leadership. So it's like The Dichotomy of Leadership is like radical, extreme ownership on your side, but then also holding your team members accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, So taking ownership on your own side might mean asking them questions like, are you enabling this person? Mm-hmm. Are you allowing them to, to exhibit the same behavior pattern over and over again and you just have failed to address it earlier rather than yeah. later? Yeah. Are you modeling a similar behavior? So mm-hmm. are you doing something, and even if it's to a much lesser extreme, but are you doing the same kind of habit where they would see that in you and think that it's acceptable? Um, have you not set clear expectations for their behavior? Have you not um, told them what is okay, what is not okay? And then also, are you allowing other people on the team to get away with a similar behavior again? Like, even if it's on a smaller scale, mm-hmm. are you allowing someone else to get away with that? Because mm-hmm. that's what they're going to look at. Um, it's all about the precedent. Yep. So I think that's the other part of it is um, is to be aware of how you're playing into that yep. as yeah. a leader. And, and I would just say, as a senior leader, it is crucial for you to be able to 
have self-awareness of yourself. Yeah. And like, am I, am I doing this going back to what you were saying? Am I, am I doing this behavior that maybe even subconsciously I'm doing it? I don't even realize it. That's then giving, you know, person a, the permission to be able to do that. Yeah. And you get frustrated with person a, but really you're doing it. And you, you, you know, and, and, and it goes back to just being self-aware. I'm, I'm going to evaluate myself, which I think, you know, kind of, to, you know, a synopsis of what you're saying with this is there has to be accountability, there has to be vulnerability, and there has to be trust that you can be mm-hmm. able to speak to the issues uh, and be real about it and not be afraid of the reaction of the other person. Mm-hmm. And then that person also has to understand that you that they have their best interest, uh, mm-hmm. y- you know, in mind whenever they, they approach you and stuff. Yeah. These are conversations that, that we've had, that other team members have had. And look, Shannon and I, we work on the same team mm-hmm. and sometimes we butt heads right you oh yeah i'm yeah. the worst secretary in the world <laughs> <laughs> all right so you need to explain that so right there. so this so is like it was almost that. like a joke mike was like you're the worst secretary in the world oh, time out time but out. when he said that we hired we hired we, you. they hired me to be an executive <laughs> assistant and that was just the AKA worst job secretary. description for me in general because i'm not a person who just I mean, it's it's my high dominance and low formality. I, I am not going to do things the way that they're done. <laughs> and so I don't have any problem challenging authority yeah, whatsoever. I was to say, you will challenge everything. Oh, yeah. I'll challenge everything. If I don't agree with something, I'll just speak up and be like, I don't agree with this. But I th- that's important, right? In the... Um, in the five dysfunctions of a team, that first layer is trust, but trust leads to healthy conflict. And can mm. you have healthy conflict with the yeah, people on yeah. your team? I think the other thing I was thinking when, when you were talking, Mike, is um, that leaders have like this huge responsibility and it's this responsibility to be self-aware of how we're showing up and that mm-hmm. when we see things in other people before we go to them and we're like, why did you do this thing? Mm-hmm. That we reflect back to ourselves first. Like, did I enable this? Right, did, right. Have I allowed this to happen before and I haven't held someone accountable? Do I model this behavior in my own life? There's just this huge accountability piece there. But it's also a really cool opportunity that like we get to lead other people to become better. And I think like with feedback, I've always respected like Nathan's wife, Marissa, is really great at giving feedback. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what like what I love, honestly, Sometimes most about Marissa. <laughs> She is good at it. She's yeah. like, we need to talk about this. I'm <laughs> like, why? Because it's an issue. So but like, but like that's you, she. She loves people enough to get to be real with them and to give them feedback because yeah. she wants them to grow. And yeah. so I think the other thing is right. We talked earlier about how there's like understanding how people are, but there's the importance of needing to trust people on the teams that I've been on. The people that I've trusted the most, the people that I know personally. So I kind of know their heart behind what they're doing. And so when yep. they're giving me feedback, I know they're not just doing it to tear me down, yep. but they're doing it really to to call me up right. and to and to build me up and to make me a better person. So when people like Marissa or like someone on my team, when they give me a piece of feedback, it's not because they're trying to take me down a peg, which I've definitely experienced on teams before. Of course, yeah. But they're really trying to point out like, hey, 
I love you and I believe in you and I really think that you're an awesome person and I think you could be even more awesome mm -hmm. if you were aware of this thing about yourself. Yeah. 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 And that's that's so powerful. And I think sometimes as leaders, we shy away from giving that feedback because we're worried that people are going to think that we're being mean to them. But in reality, like they really crave that because we all know when we're not doing well, but then we know that people are not telling us. And then we're in this weird, I don't know, in between of just knowing that we could be doing better, but we don't really know what we can be doing better. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and two things to that, um, is this is what Jesus talks about, you know, with accountability, remove, uh, or before you go after the speck in someone else's eye, remove the plank out of your eye. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy to find the faults in somebody else, but if you don't have self-awareness and you're not checking your own self, yep. you've got that exact same issue. And more times than not, the issue that you're frustrated with with someone else is the very thing that you end up dealing with. Yes. And mm -hmm. so you have to be you have to be self-aware with that. And I know, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but uh, I mean, both of you guys have have been good about you know calling me out. And Nathan, you've like you've just straight laid into me before. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. He's just waving at me. You know. <laughs> You've just straight laid into me before about stuff that I'm doing, and I don't want to hear it at the moment. But more times than not, and we may even we may even disagree in the immediate transaction in the conversation. Right, it may mm -hmm. take a day or two or something. Yeah. and I've been in the but, same boat. Yeah, but yeah. but it's like okay, no, that that makes sense, and now I see it. And and a lot of times it's just bringing the situation or bringing the issue to light. And it you know depending on your personality type, it may take some time, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. but you see it. You know, Christy and I we deal with this. Uh, she is more of a processor thinker mm -hmm. uh i need my alone time don't talk to me right now and i'm more of a let's deal with this right now and and honest to god because of the test that we've taken it's helped be able to you know how do we communicate to yeah. one another yeah mm -hmm. no that's good um anything else shannon that you would like to add uh out of all this uh, yeah We've covered a lot of information. We, we have Mike's like, you don't know Shannon. Shannon could talk all night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, and I, I say this all the time to people. I said this to our leadership team when they took the Synergist quiz. I tell this to people when they take the predictive index, is that we're all different, and mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes we get stuck in this pattern of thinking, well, if only other people thought the way that I did and worked the way that I did, things would just be better. Like if other people could just move faster, we would be in a better place. If yeah. other people would stop getting hung up on process like and would just get things done, we'd be in a better place. If other people just thought more about other people and factored them into their decisions, we'd be in a better place. <laughs> and and we, we kind of get stuck in thinking that if other people were like us, it would be better. Um, but that's not entirely true, right? Because there's pros and cons yeah, to each yeah. of, each of these personality types. In First Corinthians, it says, um, "Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Right. Yeah. So this is the the verse that the, or the verses that we reference when we talk about spiritual giftings. There's no one spiritual gift to rule them all. <laughs> there's no like one ultimate spiritual gift, right? Or there's no one ultimate personality type or um, like even just physical gifts that we have, like the things that we're gifted at in the yeah. natural. Yeah. Um, 
sometimes we just think if more people were like me, but there's a reason for everything. And yeah. God made all of these patterns um, uniquely because they serve a purpose. And that's something that I always want to drive home to people is just to be um, thoughtful, self-aware and compassionate because yeah. there is a, a reason for each of these things. Um, and we need each of these types of people to succeed. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so that's, that's one thing. And then the other thing is just that this is an ongoing process. Um, management and leadership is a huge responsibility and most people are not trained for it, whether in the church environment or in the workplace. Mm. Um, so it's important to take it upon yourself uh, to learn from other people, other people who came before you, you know, fortunately at this point in time, we're not the first people to manage people or yeah, lead yeah. organizations. So we can read thank books. God. Yeah. yeah you know, thank like God. <laughs> so we can read books or listen to podcasts. We can get a mentor. We can ask questions from people. Like there are endless ways to learn more, but ultimately it's our responsibility. Like I feel really strongly about this, that as leaders, it's our responsibility to learn and to do right by the people that we work with. It yep. doesn't mean we're going to get it right all the time, right. but just to put like time and effort and attention into that in the yeah. same way that you would into learning how to do your job well. If you're managing people, that's also an aspect of your job to learn how to do that well. Yeah. yeah. And, and let me just add on to this. And this is something that Simon Sinek, and you can go like research his talks and his TED Talks and stuff. Corporations are phenomenal at taking people that are extremely talented and placing them in leadership roles. Mm -hmm. Where they fail, though, is they take people that are extremely talented in a particular we'll, – we'll take you, Nathan, all right, because you just got promoted. So we're just going to throw sure. you under the bus again. again. Yeah. But you're, you're, an incredible, you're an incredible software developer, right? But where corporations fail is then they put people in a leadership role and they expect them to lead and to manage people, and that isn't their gift set. That yes. isn't how their behavior is. That isn't their God-given ability, which is where we have to be able to develop leaders um, and look at leaders like, okay, so maybe you're not the best software developer, but you're phenomenal at managing people. Mm -hmm. You would be a better manager than a be better uh, developer. And there isn't one, one is not better than the other because mm -hmm. you both need each other. And then you do have some people like Nathan, I'll give you props, um, that are that are good at both, you know, and yeah, you're looking at me with like eyes of Satan right now. So <laughs> I just want to let you know that calling me a developer is an insult. I'm a software engineer. Software engineer just did so not graduate right. from college. Yeah, so. but just so that you're clear, there's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, I'm a pastor and I've never been to seminary. There we go. Never. We're so in the same there you go. I'm messing with you. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, well, Shannon, I want to thank you for being a part of. Uh, these episodes uh as we talked about yeah this is so um, good yeah so it was good. great stuff. so rich oh Yay. i could talk about this forever <laughs> <laughs> so i want to thank everyone for listening to the inside out group uh if you have any questions for shannon or michael uh feel free to email us podcast at insideoutgroup.org or email or go to the website and see us at the contact button at the top if you want to find more for michael moore you can find them at mike moore alb or the real mike moore.com shannon if you want to shout out your your handle real quick if anyone has anything for you want to follow you anywhere i don't even know your facebook <laughs> does, facebook doesn't count it's just twitter and instagram yeah, so i don't two. have twitter you can follow me on instagram there but you all go. you're gonna see is my cat and uh and jumbo. probably lifting at the gym jumbo yeah it's at shannon legacy howard awesome can yeah. you spell that? And you can also yeah. DM her, and she'll respond. Or just give out your email. That's easy. If you want a response, just, just, just email. Will be attached to yeah. the, to the yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can find me online at youneedashannon.com. I love it. There yeah, you go. Yeah, that's Perfect. my. 
<laughs> all right, we'll include that. Um, but we want to thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week.